What a day already. Thank you for that leadership, Ricky. Appreciate that. Yeah. So good. I just love that our worship pastor loves to worship. You know? It's just great, and it leads me there, too. So, uh, hallelujah. It's good stuff. Um, I want you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew 18, and we're going to talk about bearing fruit in a little different way. Um, I'm going to challenge you to think about it a little differently today, because do you know that an apple tree does not have to think about bearing fruit? fruit. Did you know that a lemon tree does not have to think about bearing lemons? Those apples naturally take place and are created, born, all that kind of stuff, grown into a beautiful, we know that you, you know that I love apples. What's my favorite kind? Anybody? Honey crisp. We've talked about this before. That's right. Nothing like that honey crisp. Just that first bite where it's just so juicy and wonderful and like it comes, you know what I'm talking about? Like you have to, like, yeah, like you get your mic and stuff in that, you know? It's coming, it, it, I just love it, you know? It's great and it's okay because it's a honey crisp apple and it's wonderful. But that apple tree did not have to think at all about producing that apple because that apple tree did what it was supposed to do, just like you and I are. You know, I've been studying this a lot over the last month, obviously, because we equate, in John 15, we equate bearing fruit to making disciples. And it is. But it is much more than just that. And today, Jesus is going to say something to his disciples that is radical and it's mind-blowing in the culture and the context. But it is so critically important to God. And being that what God was crafting, as a matter of fact, I was heading into John 15, 5 through 8 for this message being the last one on bearing fruit this time. But God tweaked it with all the things that were happening today. Our fall festival, which is geared to who? No, not the husbands in here. No, sorry. To the men, and I mean to the boys and girls in our children's ministry, of course. Our children. And then God brought Greg here today. That was another focus on our preschool and our children. And so God began to speak to me about this idea of our faith. And Jesus addresses it. So basically, we are talking today about childlike faith. And Jesus addresses this to his disciples in Matthew 18. If I told you I wanted you to be childlike, you might scratch your head a little bit. You might be a little confused. But I want to tell you this is critically important. Critically important. If you're a child in this room, if you think you're a child, I want you to stand up and wave at me. Seriously. Like, just do it. You're good. Jovi, I'm looking right at you, okay? Stand up and wave. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Y'all do this. Stand up and wave at everybody. They need to see what it looks like, right? They need to see your happy faces. Just stand up and wave at them. That's right. And Coop, Coop just turn around. They, they need to see your face back there. Yeah, that's it, okay? So here's the thing that I believe. 
I believe God needs a lot more children than he's got. And I'm not just talking about age. Okay? I believe this. There was a Catholic priest that once said, I believe when God looks into our eyes, he desires to see a five-year-old child. Michael Coist is his name. When he looks into our eyes, does he see a seasoned professional veteran at whatever it is? I've got this figured out. A grumpy whatever person, right? Does he see the, the hurts, the habits, the hang-ups that have been in your life? Or does he see a childlike faith? Look at what Jesus says in Matthew 18. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, So who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a small child and had him stand among them. Truly I tell you, he said, unless you turn and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child, this one is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one child like this in my name welcomes me. Let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, in the next few minutes, Speak to us, challenge us, equip us to become more like a child and have faith like a child. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. So here's the task, and I want to tie this together. I want to pull this together. The task is you're going to go out as a follower of Jesus and bear fruit. You're going to bear fruit. Think about what that means. Are you an apple tree? No. So you're not going to bear apples. What are you? Think, right? You are a disciple of Jesus Christ. You are a follower of Jesus. That's what you're going to bear. That's what you're going to produce. More followers of Jesus. Look, I know a lot of people, when you go into the business world, they create other business people. In the bank, you create another banker. You teach someone, train someone. You ready? Disciple someone how to become a banker. In the construction world, we got a lot of this going on right now. So I'm seeing this every day of somebody being taught, trained, equipped by the mentor, the discipler that teaches them and trains them. It's not something that is awkward or weird. It's natural in who they are. And they're teaching them and equipping them and discipling them to become someone who knows how to work in construction. The same is in our Christian life. You and I are to bear fruit. To do that, there are some things that are going to have to become natural in your life. You're not going to have to sit there and study 15 things before you go out into the real world to get it right when you're talking to somebody. It's going to be a natural process. I was talking to one of our members this week about this idea. And just saying, hey, this needs to flow. Somebody say flow. From our soul. It needs to be uh, as, as incredible as a thing. I'm, not, I'm sure that none of y'all can hit that high note like Ricky did. But I bet you $1,000. Actually, I won't because we can't bet, right? So 
Sorry, I digress. I, I think, is that better? That Ricky did not plan on doing that little high, you remember that thing that did like way up here? And all of us were just going, oh my goodness. Awesome. It flowed out of his being because that's who God created him to be. The same with you and me when we're out there in the world. See, here's the point. You can't become something or bear something that you're not yourself. So if you're trying to bear fruit, if you're trying to make disciples, but you're not being a disciple yourself, you're going to miss the point. If you're not studying God's words, living in those prayer moments, those times each morning, each evening, whenever it is your time, if you're not growing daily in Him, when you're out there in the real world, you're not going to have anything to give. You're going to be like that apple tree that doesn't produce apples. And I'm telling you that childlike faith is a real thing because you know how many adults out there in the real world, how many kids that don't have Jesus struggle because they try to figure it all out themselves. Childlike faith is like that one jumping in the pool. You know, dad's standing down here and they just jump. Like it gets to the almost kind of the freaky point with dad. Like, okay, you're, you're not even looking anymore. You're just bloop, bloop, you know, and, and you're jumping so fast because there's this trust issue that dad's got me. Okay, and that's the way we are when we have that childlike faith. So look at what scripture says. At that time, in verse one, at that time the disciples came to Jesus and asked, so who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Aren't we like that? Because don't the, the question really is, how can I get to be the greatest? Because that's what really want, right? So it's an issue of this. So often we have misguided motives. So often we are misguided. We're making it about ourselves. When it's not about ourselves, it's about God. It's about Jesus Christ. He wants to be the one living and active in us through the Holy Spirit in our world around us today. The scripture here, it shows the true motives. They always want to know these kinds of questions. You remember the mother even comes up and says, how can we sit on the right and left, hand, left side of you? How can we sit on your sides? And Jesus looks back and said, I don't know if you can handle that. <laughs> you know? Sometimes we get caught up in ourselves, don't we? Let's be honest. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, right? But we do. We think about our, our stuff in our life, why we quote-unquote can't get ahead or why bad things happen to us, why, you know, this and why that and whatever. Why? I mean, as silly as why did my team lose, you know? And we get into all these sorts of things and we get into all this stuff that doesn't matter, What we do is this, we trade the eternal for the temporal. We trade things that last forever for things that are fleeting and temporary. And I want to encourage you to check yourself and your motives in your heart. What Jesus does here, instead of dogging out the disciples, instead of you know, um, just putting them down in those things, degrading them, he answers this with something they haven't thought about. He literally, I love verse 2, he called a small child and had him stand among him. Because even in our misguided nature, even when our motives are wrong, Jesus does things. What he does is this, he often surprises folks, right? He often surprises us. 
He does something we don't see coming. We don't think he's going to do it that way. But we look back and we go, oh, Jesus. There he goes again. Doing something I didn't see. And what does Jesus do? Can you picture the conversation? The disciples are all like, this is a big theology question. What do we do to be the greatest in heaven? And Jesus pulls a child out. Like literally the first thing he does is just, he doesn't say anything. He just pulls a child up. Can't you see them like scratching? You don't understand the question. Why did you just do that? I'm asking you a serious question here, and you just pull a kid up. You just pull this child up next to you. Jesus surprises people, doesn't he? Now, I will ask you to raise your hand. If you've ever been surprised by Jesus, I just want to see your hand. Okay? Listen, I would say this to you. If you haven't been surprised by Jesus, you probably are not paying attention. So pay attention. All right? He's going to surprise you. He's going to do some things that are amazing. He's going to do some things that make you scratch your head. And then he's going to do this. He's going to talk about it. Truly, I tell you, he said, unless you turn and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. A disciple of Jesus must become childlike. One of the big questions for your life group on this one is, do you act childlike or childish? There's a difference. Kids, not that any of you would ever throw a tantrum in here. I know that. Like, I know you never fuss or get upset about silly things. I know. But believe it or not, there are kids that do that. Okay? I've heard that. All right? We call it childish behavior. I, I do want to do this just because it's fun. Adults, in your adult world, if you've ever been childish, just raise your hand. Let me see it. I knew the answer. Okay? <laughs> Somebody said earlier, we were talking about this, they said, yeah, just ask my wife. She'll tell you. I don't want to know that many times you were childish, by the way. I'm not going to ask her. We act that way out of our spiritual immaturity, out of our selfish nature. We just want what we want, when we want, how we want, all those things. But the reality is we need to act childlike. The wonder, the awe. Here's a, here's a great example of both of these things happening at the same time in Scripture. Do you remember the disciple jumping out of the boat and walking on water? There was a moment of childlike faith. Do you remember? The childlike faith was actually succeeding. Actually walking on water. The childish faith was, oh no, what have I done? What's going on here? And they begin to sink. And I love the picture of Jesus coming and pulling them right back up. So it happens right there for us. We've got to watch our childish behavior. We've got to watch those things in our life that get us off course. We've got to be able to look to the Lord and he looked back at us and, and he's got that look in his eye and he knows what he's looking at, that a child that would jump in the water for him, that we're there, we believe you, trust you, no matter what. Remember, there is a difference between childlike and childish. Verse four, therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child, this one of the greatest this one is the greatest in the kingdom of, hot, of heaven. Humility is critical to, to become childlike. 
Humility is difficult for adults. You remember the song, Humble and Kind? Be humble and kind, right? I love those words to that song. It's a great one to sing. It's a great one to think about. It's good when you're driving hunting, you know? It's a good hunting song. Driving out to the woods. Listening to Tim McGraw. Woo! You know. It's really hard to do. Right? Because we go back to that childish nature instead of the childlike nature. So let's take a step back, breathe for a moment, and understand that humility is critical if we're going to be childlike. Jesus t- says this, or Paul says it this way about Jesus. He says, humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. Anybody need lifting up? Can I get a witness? <laughs> I mean, come on. We need lifting up and there's only one way. When you humble yourself before the Lord, he will come and lift you up. That's one of those early worship songs we had in my youth day. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. Remember that one? And he will lift you up. We've got to remember that. Humility is so important if we're going to be childlike. And then this last point. Like Jesus literally nails this. Of course he does. He's Jesus, right? But you think about it. The humility of a child. Children don't think they know everything. Now, when they get to be teenagers, that's another story. Okay? Okay? Teenagers, you know I love you. But here's the thing. As kids, especially the younger, they're looking at you for answers. They're looking at you for guidance. They're looking at you for direction. That's what Jesus wants to see in us. Then in verse 5, And whoever welcomes one child like this in my name welcomes me. Are you welcoming? Are you welcoming? Do you welcome people? Do you talk to people in, in, in restaurants, in stores? Do you, do you make an effort to welcome people in your life? There are people that God is bringing to your life. There's a phrase I love to use, and I've, it's kind of been in my quiet time for years, and it's called, some of you know it, uh, it's called no chance meetings. Like I don't believe in chance meetings. I believe that God has a purpose for literal conversations. And I've seen them pan out in big ways in other people's lives. One of my favorite things to do in the world is to connect those people. Like, I love being a connector. God made me that way. And I love seeing relationships blossom off of what someone, oh, I just met this guy, whatever. Well, sometimes it changes lives. And I believe it's never a chance. But if we're not welcoming, we can miss it. So, I want you to do this. I want you to bow your heads. See, right now you're thinking we're going to go into that prayer time and everything, which we are in a minute. But right now, I want you to look into your heart. I want you to take an examination. And maybe, maybe you see on one side of the line of your life is childish behavior. And on the other side of the line of your life is childlike behavior. And I want you to tell us, not tell us, but tell yourself, have this conversation. Which more are you leaning on? Are you living on the childish side? Or are you living in the childlike side? When the Lord looks into your eyes, is He seeing a temper tantrum? Is He seeing this spiritual immaturity? Or is he seeing wide-eyed wonder 
as he's seeing the eyes of a five-year-old that are looking for the Lord to lead them. I want to encourage you. It starts with dying to self and saying, God, whatever you want to do in my life, you can do. Jesus, I'm your child. Have your way, Lord. Father God, right now, I just ask that you would convict us, show us, speak to us clearly so that we could respond to you and give us the strength to go and bear fruit. Give us all those things we need in our nature that because we're following you, because we're being childlike in our faith, that we are bearing fruit naturally. Just like that apple tree. We love you so much and thank you for this day. In Jesus' name, amen.